welcome to Uncut Jewels, a podcast featuring some of my favorite musicians and the great work of their lives, changing the world one song at a time. I'm your host, Kristen Jewell, and I'm excited to share my crazy world with you. So let's get to it. Come on in. Welcome back to Uncut Jewels. I'm Kristen Jewell. Thanks for spending Tuesday afternoon with me or wherever you are. It might be nighttime, maybe morning, because I know we've got some people from Australia hopefully tuning in too. I'm very excited for our show today. Before we begin, a couple housekeeping things. Um, so next week, we're going to have another artist that we're excited about, friend of Jewel Concepts, Elizabeth Moen, who's a new new find for us through our represented from Jana Fisher. We love her. So we're really excited to have her on the show. After that, we're trying to figure out... Um, the rest of December, and I might opt to take a couple times, a couple weeks off, just because it's a little crazy. Uh, so just heads up, we might be slowing down a little bit, um, but we're going to refine and retune for uh, 2021, which we're really excited about. I think everybody in the collective world is excited about 2021, and uh, it can only be a little bit of a letdown at some point because we can't have this much anticipation of a year. I mean, it's just too much pressure. So I'm going to start managing my own expectations, and hopefully, you know, we'll. Uh, I always find those are better anyway because then I. I get, I get to be pleasantly surprised by the good things that happen. Today, we're so excited to have our guest, Chris Pierce, on the show. I have been a huge fan of his work for a really long time, and you'll see why. Uh, it's just profound. So I'm just going to say welcome to Uncut Jewels, Chris Pierce. Please join us. Oh, thank Hello. you. Thank you. Good to be Hi. with you. Hello, everybody. Wow. Welcome. We are I, so excited that you're here. We love you, Chris. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Collectively, and, and I, I think you do, do deserve a little time off. You should take it. <laughs> it's been nonstop for us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know that 2020 has been a very challenging year. Um, yeah. Thankfully, you know, it's hard to admit it, but we've been so busy and it's been so much fun, like, yeah. except for the other things, yeah. um, you know, but it's just, it's one of those, how have you been? I've been good. 2020 has been, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's all part of this, this great journey and story of, of our lives. And I feel like um, uh, through the emotion of it all, uh, we're able to to say what the, we're we're blessed enough to still be here, uh, still making music, yeah. uh, yeah. still looking towards the light, and we remember those who are no longer <laughs> with us and know that they're surrounding us with light and uh, and hope for a better 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 everything for everybody um, oh, yeah. in the future yeah yeah 2020 2021 i'm with you on that one yeah. so where are you are you in los angeles or i'm in la yeah great yeah great so staying safe for the holiday yep yep i'm here i'm here i yeah. just actually went to whole foods today and got some uh, some stuff to make the uh three bean salad uh the old <laughs> specialty three bean, three bean salad yeah Pinto That's beans, great. All of beans, yeah, vinegar and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love I that. A kid, you know, I used to all fight over the three bean salad. Oh, now you get to make people fight over it too. Where, where were you a kid growing up? Were you, are you from Southern California? Yeah, I was born in, in Pasadena. Lived there until mm-hmm. I was around eight or nine, and then uh, moved to a little town called Claremont. Uh, mm-hmm. where I was until I graduated high school and then okay. uh, went to USC uh, and moved uh, into in LA proper. And I've been here ever since. Oh, that's great. 
Wow, that's great. Yeah, so let's talk about your history a little bit. When do you think you started your music? Like, when was your start of your music career, like, as officially for you? I, uh, you know, honest, my, my the honest answer is I feel like I was born with music in my heart, kind of not, not an understanding, but just an appreciation towards the way that music all, has always, for as long as I can remember, has made me feel from the time that I was really, really young. Um, hmm. And growing up, I remember... Uh, being very young and my parents having vinyl records everywhere and me actually crawling. One of my earliest memories is crawling to pick out vinyl records and pointing at them for my parents to play. And, um, and yeah, and I think what a great memory I have is, is when my folks were together and we were all in the house and, and my dad would sing to my mom and my mom would sing along to the records to my dad. Mm. And it was just this incredible feeling. And I think after they split up, I was still pretty young. I think music always took me back to that feeling as well. And, and it reminded me how powerful music is. And so I think that's one of the earliest memories. But I started in, in church and community presentations and um, school stuff, uh, you know, getting my hands on as many instruments as possible. And uh, that kind of blossomed into you know, my first television appearance when I was 10 and, and other things into junior high and high school. Wow. So I was going to ask you a different question, but now I'm going to ask you, what was your first television appearance? We'll go back to that next Dropping TV appearance. Yeah, little gems here. Casually. Oh. I'm like, so much for that pre-production meeting. (laughs) Oh, man. It was a a TV show called Kids Incorporated. Uh, Oh, cool. uh, Yeah, way back when... (laughs) When uh, Fergie was on there and Mario uh, oh. Lopez was on there and Rasan Patterson, uh, oh my gosh. yeah, that's great! How fun! Yeah. How- yeah. Okay, my little my little rock star ten year old kid. I love this. This is uh, <laughs> makes sense. I mean, it, you know, it's funny. Like I grew up in Pennsylvania, and you know, there's there like even just like I had a little modeling career, and even just doing that was like mind blowing when you look back. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> You just, you know, you're, you guys are set up for so much success being in the LA area. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's great I, to see. Yeah. yeah and I feel like at that age, we're just so open to, to the possibilities. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I remember <laughs> being on, being on stage in school and community stuff and just, you know, the stages felt so big when you're, right. when you're young, they just every, you know, you're playing in front of 30 people and it feels like the forum. Um, it's like such, and, and I try to go back to that feeling every time I'm on stage, no matter where I am, uh, yeah. just that excitement and just, you know, I yeah. want to reach people. And this is giant, every single stage, every single opportunity I get to play, I want to feel like, like this is, one of the first times like this is the possibilities are endless. Like this is a limitless yeah. situation, you know? Yeah. Mm. Try to go mm. back. But, but, I mean, but kind of is limitless, you know? I mean, really yeah. you can do, cause you hold court now, you know, you're, so it's, yeah. you're a stage literally. Yeah. All right. So the yeah. other question I was going to ask was when you were growing up and all those vinyl records that you were connecting with, were there any that, like sort of inspired you the most that you can remember or basically like, was that an inspiration for you or were there other inspirations for your music? Yeah. Um, a couple were, uh, Bill Withers live at Carnegie hall. That one immediately comes to mind hearing Bill in a live setting like that, uh, with the great Bobby Hall on percussion and the intros and just how laid back he was in his in his uh, in his storytelling, his songs, his songs to me when I was young, uh, his songs had this simplistic uh, beauty to them. 
And they were so singable. Um, are still are so singable. So and singable. I think when I was a kid, I, it was easy for me to pick up and sing along. Uh, you know, lean on me sometimes in our lives. I mean, it's just like mm. I was. I remember mm. being a kid and singing along to that over and over and over again. And I also remember, uh, you know, listening to to Nina Simone, a lot of uh, Paul McCartney, you know, my, my mother had loved it, and Zeppelin, and just this huge variety of stuff uh, in my house. And it's really hard, that's a really hard one to answer. I mean, Bill comes to mind immediately, but I literally just started surrounding myself with yeah. music, and, and I just became a music head at a little, at that's a small great. age, was hanging out in the record stores, and you know, <laughs> doing cassettes and, and making, you know, mixtapes and, and doing everything that I could to surround <sighs> myself with sounds. That's great. That's, do you, do you happen to remember, like, was there a moment that you're like, this was um, like your first memory with music, like that you were just like, this music moved you and you remembered it, like as a, you know, young, maybe even before you were learning to play, just like the sense of music. Was it because of, was it the records or was it something else maybe? I, I think it was probably my first time on stage. I was one of the three kings in a school production. And I think it was probably the second grade. And I remember being on that stage and feeling how powerful it was and, and the energy exchange, energy exchange. Mm-hmm. I recognized that in the second grade. This is so powerful. And it was just like I could feel the energy flowing in. And I remember I was the tallest kid up there, you know, in the second grade. I remember rocking back and forth and back and forth. Wow. And I couldn't stop rocking. And I remember leaving and being in the car with my parents and, and them saying to me, you were obviously moved beyond mm. on that stage. And we recognized that. And you should, too. Um, they said, you know, you were rocking, you were swaying when you sang. You mm. just turned into this this being that that you could tell it was just really uh, that you really enjoy it, you really love it. And I think that's my earliest memory. And it has mm. to do with stage because I, I just love. I mean, yeah. my thing is always I love the studio, but I love playing on stage. I nice. miss it so much. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. tough one. That is an incredible memory, though, to think what like. Good King Wenceslas last looked out and you're like, I'm in this. <laughs> it's like, great. And I still but, rock on stage. I still do it. I yeah. still do the same, the same. You love know, that. Pet, you pet do pet. do that. I've seen you do that. I remember that from the first time I saw you when we were trying to figure out like in the early 2010s or whatever, yeah. nine or whatever. Yeah. I remember your, the body movement and everything. You're, it's very visceral. It's very, it's, it exudes from you. Yeah. Oh, great. Absolutely. So, okay. So I, I know that there's, um, so obviously you're, you're moved by music, you're experiencing all sorts of music and you're, you know, having all these, you know, mind blowing like moments. Yeah. And then you turn 15 and you lose your hearing in both years. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. suddenly. Yeah. And it's the autosclerosis, right? Oh, yeah. Autosclerosis. Yeah. So I I remember going to school one day and and not being able to hear the teachers as well. And then going to school like the next day and not being able to hear her at all. And then asking to move to Mm -hmm. the front of the class. Uh, And this was like, you know, first period kind of at the beginning of the day. And what's going on? And then I got diagnosed with autosclerosis, which is a hereditary uh, 
kind of deformation of the ears and uh, inner ear. Um, so mm. I was able to have a surgery on one of my ears, on my right ear, and regain about 75%. Um, and then they wanted me to wait to do my left ear a couple of years to see how the right ear took uh, mm-hmm. from the surgery. And I learned music all over again. I learned sounds all over again. And I, I, I applied for scholarship at USC and got in a uh, music scholarship of all things. And, and then everything just kind of took off. I went to USC. I started, you know, getting tours and getting work and, over the years, I didn't, for many, many years, for decades, I didn't tell anybody about my condition. Uh, I didn't want to be treated any differently. I kind of almost forgot about it at times when I was on stage. And I just kept moving, 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 moving. Until uh, recently, uh, I got asked to do a TED Talk about our limitless capabilities. And mm. I decided to talk about it publicly for the first time. And that really uh, encouraged me to actually go try to get the surgery on my left ear 30 years later. And I got my hearing back. It didn't quite work out. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Let's, we can gloss over that. But basically, you had a radical surgery yeah. and it took for a while. Yeah, about a week. And then hmm, yeah. and then it didn't. So you're yeah. Back to your original skill set of how you hear and engage with music, but you had those that week of seven days of hearing. That's just insane. Yeah, it really, uh, it really, uh, it was enlightening. Uh, hmm. You know, I, I, I was in, in shock and, and disbelief at first, but uh, it was hmm. enlightening because it really <clears throat> made me realize how much music meant to me, and I've been doing mm-hmm. it all these years, and that uh, mm-hmm. I applied my heart first to it, and that's why I've been able to do it. And so so I started actually speaking out more about it, and, and it's, been, it's really been this empowering thing for me, and, and it's, it's been something that I'm, I was never really ashamed of it, but it was something that I kind of hid, uh, and it's been something that I don't hide anymore. Um, and I found that the opposite of what I thought would happen, people getting closed up because of it, I found that yeah. the arms and the hearts just open when they hear the story. And, and that's, that's yeah. really, it's a really cool thing. It's so powerful, Chris. It's, it's just, I mean, it's remarkable that you have done eight albums of your own plus bands that you've been a part of and you've started and all of the live that you do. And, you know, it's, it's remarkable, really. There's no other word for it. It's the most, it's such a huge inspiration. And I, I'm so glad that you're doing, that you did the Ted talk on, you know, I feel like that's a, you know, I think one of the things, you know, that I studied when I was at the, my previous life at Kaiser was the ear health and what ear health really meant. And in the music industry, it's just so overlooked how, you know, we stress our ears, the, the decibel levels it shows alone. I do think it's something to talk about. Obviously, you know, it's also just a factor of what we go through when you're in the live music experience. Yep. And, you know, I'm not even sure how that would impact you, except to maybe, maybe positively in that you, you know, you're already dealing with it at such a reduced level that, you know, maybe it's not actually going to impact that more. I don't know, but I know like a lot of people get the tinny in the ringing in their ears. I've heard definitely had that before. So that's a big thing to talk. You got to preventive if you can, but when something like that happens, it's, uh, it's impressive. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you, you know, I'm glad that you were able to relearn the music, um, and how you how you absorb music that way and how you produce music, obviously, uh, yeah. through the lens that you had. 
Thank you. Yeah, 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 it was a little tricky because I think the yeah. thing that's been the most difficult over the years is has not been being on stage or music. It's been uh, communicating with people just on a day-to-day basis. Dinner parties, loud clubs, uh, wanting to be part of conversations that I knew I just wasn't able to be a part of. Sitting on the left of people uh, and always at the, on the left side of the table so I could hear as much as I could. That's always been the, the hardest thing for me is that this yearning uh, to engage in conversation and not being able to. So I actually just got some amazing uh, hearing, a hearing device this, uh, this summer uh, that I use on my right ear, the ear I, I had the surgery on that, that worked. And it's just been an incredible uh, difference for me day to day. Uh, That's great. Yeah, it's been really, really. Is that a device that people can get or is it just, you know, something that was custom made for you? Yeah, it's a device people can get, but it's uh, I had some like custom settings because of my condition uh, Mm -hmm. applied to the uh, hearing aid. Mm. Yeah. And I actually put them in both. uh, And on my left ear, if I put it on the custom setting, that's uh, like the most amplified, I can kind of hear some like bass rumblings and trucks driving by and stuff like stuff like that, too. So Mm. that's that's really interesting. What was the one sound that you were surprised at when you could hear those seven days that you were like, I, you know, this was different than I remember or something you wanted uh, or wasn't expecting. Yeah. The wind going through the trees, the leaves, the leaves, uh, uh, just mm. blew my mind. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's crazy. uh it just was so beautiful to me. It was just mm. like an orchestra. Um, yeah. it was windy that day. And, and, and I remember walking to tripping out. That's great. Wow. Yeah. That's, a, that's amazing. Well, you know, you're, I, I probably would have been a very, different person if this had happened to me. So I, you know, it's hearing is the one thing that I am the most worried about losing. Like if you can't hear music, it's different as a person who, you know, I play some music, but not like you guys. And I can't even imagine. Yeah. So such a great story um, and inspiration for people. So I always tell people like, if you think, you know, it's difficult what you're going through, you know what I mean? Like just hearing stories like that just makes you thankful, you know, at least for some peace. Um, yeah. But so okay, let's let's so your career has been prolific. Eight albums as I mentioned. Mm. Um, you know, I'd love to walk through you started in the 90s. Yeah. Well, actually you started when you were young, but like when did you what was the first year you released an album, your first album? It was uh probably I'd say around 97 I want to say with a band called The Best of Simple. And that was okay. uh, myself and uh, guitar player Nale Colt and uh, drummer Nale? Rick Wheeler. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Now that beautiful, I think of it, yeah. Beautiful spirit. I love that guy. Yeah, me too. We were actually roommates for a while and, and we're in a band together. And we released an album. Might have been a little later, 98 maybe. Uh, but we mm. played everywhere. We played all the time. We played Molly Malone's every Friday and Luna Park and all mm. those great places. And then I did uh, my first kind of unreleased uh, record in around 2001. Mm-hmm. That's not available anywhere, but I have a copy if anybody wants one. Um, and uh, and then around 2004, I did uh, my first kind of commercial um, okay. release. And then I made a couple little ones, like the 2001, 2002, that I was selling at shows, but the ha- haven't been released. But my first release was 2000, um, and that was Static Trampoline. Um, oh, good name. Yeah, and that was uh, picked up by a record label named Piranha, 
and put out there and a couple songs, yeah. some commercial stuff. Yeah, and I got a, the tour with Seal that year uh, to go around the world with him, which was great. And That's amazing. Record. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah, there's so many little nuggets here. Okay. Yeah. So you tour with Seal, you released this album, Life is Really Good. Yeah, I think it's some some more stuff happened with that album. Banana a series of Banana Republic commercials and oh, Creek so, and some other stuff, hmm. and then uh, and then I was touring. Is that the a, this is us one. No, no, uh, okay. uh, no. That this way or way before that, and then I was touring a lot from like 2004 to 2007, like all over uh, mm-hmm. U.S., Japan, Europe. Uh, picked up little, you know, deals in different places and the good old days. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, 2000, uh, oh boy, I think 2007, I released Walking on the Earth. Uh, okay. And that was uh, my second studio album. And I did that one independent. Uh, and I released a U.S. version and a J- Japanese version. The one you're seeing here is the Japanese art around 2011. I released, I can, oh no, 2010, I released Live at the Hotel Cafe. Right. Um, Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, we did a bunch of shows and combined uh, a bunch of the, uh, wow, you guys are on it with the the graphics. (laughs) Um, We combined a bunch of the takes from the shows and and the spirit from the shows and uh, put that out with the Hotel Cafe. Uh, That was great. And then 2011, uh, a release called I Can Hear You, which was uh, my own little joke at the time. Uh, with the yeah, title. Considering, uh, yeah. yeah. That's a great picture. I love that picture. Ugh. Thank you. Yeah, so my, friend, fun. my friend Ante. Uh, you know Ante? Ante I don't. Yeah, he took that, took that shot. It's a great uh, shot. Oh, yeah. It's a superhero shot. <laughs> yeah, right. It's that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let me take my. Good job. <laughs> Around 2013 or 14, I could be getting the year wrong. I released a uh, acoustic record called um, "When the Hustle Comes to a Stop." Mm. Yeah, that's the one. I remember that, that too. Yeah, and then uh, I I started a group called Reverend Tall Tree and the Blackstrap Brothers. And mm-hmm. we released an album in 2015, and that was a blues based. Uh, hey, there we go. Uh, I got you. I got you. This album is dope. Yeah, and that's with uh, Dylan Look Cooper at- on bass, Trevor yeah. Manier on guitar, and Chris Lovejoy. I didn't realize that that was Trevor on guitar. Yeah, yeah, Trev. Yeah, man. Yeah, all those guys just brilliant. And, and so this this cool. happened as a result of being you walking into you said Sassafras, right? Is that yeah, yeah, exactly. Here in Hollywood. Yeah, I walked into Sassafras, and the bartender James says, "Hey, man, I remember you from the '90s playing at Molly Malone. What are you up to these days? You still making music?" I was like, "Yeah, of course, I'm making music." And, and he says, "Man, you know, we're looking for some music here. We're really looking for a blues band, and you don't have a blues band, do you? There's like a traditional blues band." I said, "I'll put one together." And and that was the start like of that. that band. Yeah. And and I think the next week we were doing our first gig there and we were one of the first bands playing all covers, all traditional blues covers. Mm-hmm. And then eventually that went into uh, us writing some original songs. And then eventually that led into uh, me meeting my good friend, Mark Malone, uh, who's a telev- who is a television script writer and us writing 21 original songs, uh, 
for Reverend Tall Tree's Blues Opera, which is a stage. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm jumping ahead a little so, bit here. Yeah. No, no, I think I, I'm. I know this is perfect. I think I might have because there was a night where I was managing a band. We were doing um, a residency at the Sayers Club, and. Yeah. I don't know if you, you probably don't remember this, but I remember you guys performed that night and it was like, you know, it's like the Sayers Club experience back in the day when it was yeah, amazing. Yeah, and like yeah. everybody was like crowded around those couches and you were just like killing it. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of think that might have been, was it possible you did the blues opera or was it just songs from from the album that I we saw? Ne- yeah, we never did it at, at Sayers, but, but okay, I have so it was a song. all three songs there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was amazing. It was so great. I mean, obviously I'd seen you guys do a couple shows but that one was just like yeah. hot and sweaty and good. All right, all right, <laughs> yeah. all right. So you do the blues opera, and you put that. You that's just live, so it doesn't exist on any physical format or digital Not format yet. right now. Not yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were just okay. just getting to the point where we had played it in, in you know a few states and different theaters, and we were mm-hmm. getting uh, up till 2020. Uh, we were getting it getting it ready for yes. stages and, and recordings and that kind of thing. Um, so so hopefully, uh, man, I don't know who knows who knows who knows. Uh, hopefully, there'll mm-hmm. be a, a record with uh, and a stage version in a greater. Uh, a presentation of it uh, coming up. Mm. Yeah. I hope so too. I can't wait to see it. Twenty-one songs. That sounds heavenly. It tells the story of this street preacher in the 1930s, and uh, it really weaves in and out of like you know, uh, uh, love, pain, murder, death, uh, redemption. Uh, it's I mean, it's 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 a really beautiful. Uh, story of, of life and inspiration and yeah I hope everybody gets to see it I really would like to play it out more have you have you thought about are you guys thinking to do it like on stage and recording it like as like an actual opera yeah, we did beautiful. some demos and and but uh, I think actually it's a live recording would be the the way to go mm-hmm. yeah that would yeah. be amazing yeah well, I hope that we get to see that soon I love opera it's a weird thing to say but I do really like the drama of it all and yeah. used to go all the time then adulthood hit um, okay so now you've got so you've got you covered Reverend Tall Tree and Chris Pierce and I know you've got and I know you have a new single coming out so I'm going to ask you to play that and then I think we're going to watch the video for it too with you but you also are do you have another band too or yeah I have another band uh, called Warren Pierce. Warren Peace. Uh, Pierce. Warren yeah. Pierce. Yeah. And that's with, uh, <laughs> that's with myself and Sonny War. So that's where we got Warren yes. Pierce. Yeah. yeah um, I love that. And uh, our, yeah, our producer, Jared Faber, and we put an EP out, uh, I think it was 2016. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a really beautiful project and, and great roots sounds. And uh, we're actually working on some new music now uh, uh, to put out next year cool. uh, and so that was 16 and then 17 i went to muscle shoals and mm-hmm. did another chris oh, right. record um and that was with, with the swampers and the muscle shoals horns all the original cats and and uh and the and the and donna jean godshaw sang on it and the shoals sisters and that was all like 60s soul uh yep. covers um, Amazing. Yeah, and now I'm getting re- ready to Love release a, a new album, and I just released a new single last week. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Called American. American Silence. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. There it is. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad. Before we go there, though, can we talk about that Muscle Shoals experience? Yeah. So had you had you been there before? Did you have like working knowledge of going like what that was going to be like, or was that all new to you? My own, my only knowledge were the the records I grew up on and and mm-hmm. the Muscle Shoals film that had just come out. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah, and then my my dear friend for decades, uh, like family to me, Dave Resnick called me up. Mm. He said, "Hey, have you seen that Muscle Shoals movie?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "You know, I can get a hold of some of those folks." And what do you think about going down there and making an album? And I said, I think that's a great idea. And, and we we went down twice. It was my first time in Muscle Shoals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went back down twice for three days each time. And what we did was we did six songs each time and we did, uh, or five songs each time. We did, uh, mm-hmm. we cut vocals and I cut live with all the guys, you know, Spooner Oldham and David Hood and Jimmy Johnson and, and everybody. We all cut live uh, the first day. The second day, the uh, the horns came in, the Muscle Shoals horns, who are incredible, uh, who have been on everything. And and then the third day, we do some kind of, you know, overdubs and, and background singing and that kind of thing. So we did two, two sessions like that. Uh, two three day times and the album came out just beautiful. I, I love it. It's like one of my favorite, favorite things. Great, it's yeah. amazing. It's what a dream to get to do that. Like just oh, to walk in those footsteps, you know. Oh. They were they were all, everybody was so welcoming and just that that mm. that just filled with love and support and and you know folks would bring food and put it in the kitchen in the studio for everybody to eat and they brought from home <laughs> and a, I mean it was well, it was great. It was and and just knowing I was in there with folks who were on some of my favorite records of all uh, time, Aretha yeah. Franklin yeah. records. I mean, so yeah. so many just great, incredible. So it was, it was awesome. just a beautiful experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. And I I had called. So I had an idea to do an album when I first met Hamish, to do an album where he did a song in every studio that was an iconic studio, right? So yeah. this was yeah. before the. TV show happened. Yeah. Then the TV show happened. And I was like, well, that's not going to even remotely happen now because oh, yeah. everything just yeah. went through a showcase. But I did call Muscle Shoals and they yeah. were very kind. And um, yeah. this just, I mean, look, I, I, yeah, and like I love live music. Like you said, this the, literally the the reason I'm doing this is just if you can perform live, yeah. you know, it's just this emotional whatever connection you yeah. have True. with the crowd and the people and the artists, right? Yeah. But when you're in the studio, it's like to make something from nothing. Yeah. It's just like mind blowing that you guys walk in there and you're like, you know, a couple of days later, you got like a fully formed piece of intellectual property that you own in theory. And, you know, you're able to put out in the world and yeah. it's never to be taken away from you. It's a moment in time that's just yours. Uh, yeah. It's just so yeah. Yeah. It's it's awesome. beautiful. I always compare music to cooking. It's like walking in with a pan and a stick of butter. And uh yeah. <laughs> and, and then you walk out with this beautiful uh uh you know bolognese or something. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, all you want to or do is share potato. with everybody. All you want to do is share it with everybody you know. Um yeah. Yeah. yeah, and how? Yeah, but yeah, the possibilities are endless, and and being in with really legends are. is just a whole other thing because just the 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 instinct that that 
those cats had have uh, and being there with them, just the, the instinct that we didn't do more than two takes lot cut live of any song. Uh, I mean, it was that it was it was like a, a, a well oiled machine of, of soul, like just dripping with soul. It was, it was just it was just it was unbelievable. Incredible. That is so cool. Yeah, you're right. It's probably like a major education just being around them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, great. Good for you. Well, I'm really glad that you got to do that. That's a really cool piece of history right there, you know, no matter what. So fun. Okay. And so now fast forward to 2020, the real 2020. Mm. Um, We have you just released this single and I was so excited because I knew we you know, talked about having you on a, a while ago. And I was like, yay, finally, a reason for you to come on. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully I was going to ask you to do it for us. And I know you have a, a great video for it too. So we'll, we'll share that afterwards, but maybe would you mind, um, would you mind playing the song for us? Not, not a problem. I'd love to. Since you got that guitar in your hand. Yeah. I've been up and waiting, you know, and I'll come back after the song is over. Okay, cool. This is American yep. silence. is in jeopardy will you resist justifying the complexities is simplicity convenient in your quest to pacify when you look in the mirror can you see your own disguise can we sing a song for you will music move your heart and mind American silence is a crime We see the music move you as you lay your burden down We feel the music grip you as your heart is soaking sound And when the song is over, if you decide to clap aloud Will your applause mean anything with stitches on your mouth? Can we sing a song for you? Will music move your heart and mind? Will our song arrest you? American silence is a crime. We sing for the freedom. We fight for all it's worth. We sing for humanity so we can all walk the earth. We sing with honor to live to sing another song. We sing through the pain and we keep on marching on. Can we sing a song for you? Oh, will music move your heart and mind? Will our song arrest you? American silence, American silence, American silence is a crime. Ooh. All right, all right. Amazing. 
Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Oh, amazing. Your vocals are just, I get I have these goosebumps that come out. Like, I don't know if you can see, you can't see them, but oh, they're just like, it's so good. Oh, that's a great song. So do you want to tell us about it while we watch the music video you did for it too? Would you mind like guiding us through what made you write it and, and the. Sure. Like, yeah, you know, it? I ac- actually wrote the, the word uh, American silence in I wrote it down in, uh, in, in around January uh, of 2016. Uh, okay. Uh, when, all, wow. when all of January 2016 was going on. Uh, and we had a new president in, in here in, in the States. And uh, I wrote the word down thinking, uh, okay, it's important for uh, for us to keep, keep speaking speaking out uh, against injustice and against oppression mm-hmm. and lifting our voices and not being complacent and um, and it, it turned in out in over the year I didn't really think about it that term for a while until 2020 um, and uh, felt like people were starting to get engaged that weren't uh, normally engaged. And, and I wanted mm-hmm. to encourage people to make uh, fighting for what they believe in and fighting for social justice and, uh, and equality for, for all uh, part of their lives and let it not just be a fad that passes mm. Uh, mm. because our history tells us that that's happened again and again and again and again that, that these brutal things happen everybody's shocked and and, and appalled by it uh, and then for a short time people speak out and then move on to, to their lives this, song, this song's about you know make it a part of your life why not I mean make it a part mm-hmm. of your life speak out for your, your fellow fellow folks and the people you love the people you don't know yeah. people whose yeah. whose life you that doesn't affect you uh and, and so that's what this song is about and, and so i enlisted some of some of the my brothers long time to do the video john butcher's in there john butcher axis he's a legend he's my brother for many years he's like a guru music guru of mm-hmm. mine uh tarik akoni Great, amazing guitar player who plays with everybody from Josh Groban. He's played with Stevie Wonder, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Paul Allen, incredible percussionist here in L.A., uh, drummer. Uh, that's Al Keith, uh, another incredible percussionist. All these cats I've known for a long, long time. Uh, Teron Brooks, um, who, man, I mean, Teron starred in the Temptation movie and Lion King on Broadway. Uh, Rob Perkins and Ethan Perkins. Rob and I go back to college. He went on to play drums for Michael Bublé for many years and a lot of people. Uh, Terry Shorter, who's a who's a guy I grew up with, uh, incredible singer. And I actually had we had a music group together uh, growing up, and we competed against uh, R. Kelly on the TV show. Um, and uh, uh, Adam Bush and uh, Charles Little, uh, both in the mm-hmm. both filmmakers. Um, and my friend uh, Jermaine uh, Burst, who's uh, in the wine business and also an incredible visual artist who lives in Napa. Uh, so I enlisted all these cats and I said, hey, man, let's let's just all uh, sing the song and send me some video. Let people know that that through all of our different faces and hearts and, and, and uniqueness, how important this is to keep speaking truth to power. Truth, um, truth to power, and, absolutely. And, and, and that's that's the video and the song in a nutshell. 
Mm, that's so powerful. I love this. And it's such a, you're absolutely right that people just, we, and we're all guilty of it, right? It's like, we, you know, just you're it's, it hits you and you're like wrong. This is so wrong. We need to do something about it. And then you just realize it just keeps coming at you and it feels like it's never you're never going to be able to do anything about it. So I'm, you know, I'm glad that you're at least putting that out there for people to just think about like, what else, how can we integrate it into our lives daily to just commit to supporting one another, especially when there's rights, wrongs to be righted, you know, like we have to do better all of us all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're, we're living 2020 is a unique time. Uh, we yeah. we have uh, we're not bombarded with our everyday uh, moving, shaking, traveling, this, that, the other mm-hmm. thing and haven't been a lot of folks for a while. And I think finding that that time of stillness to, to find a place in your heart to realize mm-hmm. that the things you're seeing on TV that you're appalled uh, about uh, uh, or reading in the paper, these are happening to people. This is some people's realities. You know, dealing with racism has been my personal reality for since I was mm-hmm. as long as I can remember. Uh, and 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 there's so many battles, uh, unnecessary battles, that folks are 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 having to deal with every day uh, that you may see at the street or at the grocery store or at the gas station or wherever. And why not be take the time to find that place in your heart to be compassionate for all. Um, and I'm not just talking about racism, you know, I mean, it, there's, there's so many injustices and there's so many people who don't feel like yeah. their voices are ever heard, heard. you know, Absolutely. yeah. There's a lot to be unpacked as we continue down into 2021 and 2022. And for what it's worth, like, you know, um, I, I moved here, I moved here in 1992 mm. the first time. And it was the like right. It was like the Rodney King riots. Mm. Uh, I mean, it was just like um, the, the one of the biggest times in civil unrest for Los Angeles. Yeah. And I obviously you were here too. Yeah. Uh, I had moved from New York, and I, you know, I, you, we. It, it's still the same conversation. <laughs> it's just like, and we're just small pieces of this right world. Yeah. To think that there hasn't been a, a you know a better way to go about this yet is is you know it's hard for me to understand and I think it's hard for a lot you know all of us collectively yeah. the seventy four million people I think who voted one way maybe maybe even more you know are just ready for a change so I think songs like this are so important. Uh, the last time I heard a really a, a conversation like this was last year when Gary released when Gary Clark Jr. released This Land. I yeah. remember I just I said to him I was like this is what maybe one of the most important conversations we could be having right now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I mean, let the let the messaging continue. Keep yeah. the torch yeah. going. Amen. Good job. Amen. Beautiful Amen, piece. Sisters. Yes. Uh, and that video is amazing. This is stu- I mean considering 2020 and how challenging it is to do anything this year. It's a very um, profound piece so great job thank really you. good thank you yeah thank you yeah i want to be like peppy and upbeat with you and i just don't feel like i can't <laughs> oh, what, why, why is that <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm joking i was like it's just one of those like you know we have to have these heavy con- every, you know every oh, few yeah. well, they're, they're necessary but but no nah, i know i'm just teasing, but we, but I'm we're, teasing. But we're light we're light seekers you know and then that's what we, i know we, we find the light and then we 
And, yeah. and that's and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I mean, fi- yeah. fighting fighting for fighting against the darkness in the world. Uh, it doesn't mean that you, you you can't be optimistic. It just means that you fight. Um, oh yeah, I'm all there. Through. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you a thousand percent. Like, yeah. I'm not giving up. <laughs> so, yeah. But you know, sometimes you do feel like it's. Um, you know, there are some days that you're like, it's easier than others. And yeah. I'm, I'm so optimistic for all of us to, to, you know, we keep thinking about it, but it's like the, the world needs to, it's like the hug or the healing time, yes. you know, to, to, you know, and I, whenever I'm, I'm the most overwhelmed by something emotionally, it's usually when I see the crossing over into an area where you know that it could it could hurt you right but you know that the only way to do it is through love and you know my other artist ruby bell who you've met she's also very much about you know we come at things with that you know with that aren't good that don't feel good energy with like compassion and even more compassion than you could possibly imagine because they need it more you know so uh so i am i'm the same way i get it old term uh Kill them with kindness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. That, that, that and, energy, that energy. Mm-hmm. It's not the easy. It's not the easy road. Uh, no, but it's, it's but it's it's, sure. it's important. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's definitely important. Well, I, I commend you on the jobs that you're doing, the work and the conversations that you're having and how important they are. And hopefully, uh, I know you were saying that the social media tries to suppress things, but hopefully that doesn't happen in the future for you because it needs to get out there. It needs to get out there. So we're here for you. So right. speaking of getting out there, what's what's next for you? I mean, I know, you know, we're hoping 2021 is going to be a little bit more of a reprieve, but um, are you I mean, I know you've, you do you have an album planned, I think, maybe you want to talk about it? Yeah, I do. I have an album that I, I recorded uh, about a month ago with uh, I did it up at uh, self-produced. I did it up at Clay Blair's studio Boulevard recording. Uh, Clay oh. uh, recorded and mixed it. Yeah, that's and, crazy. He's actually doing tape right now for Hamish for an, a song. Where, that's insane. That's place, awesome. Place the best and an awesome chef too. I don't know if you. I heard his barbecue is crazy. I know. Oh man, he just, he just started to pop up Beachwood Barbecue. Look it up, folks. And he's Dude, he's, he's doing great. doing stuff pulled pork and racks of ribs every weekend. It's just incredible. But anyway, but it's equally, if not more incredible in the studio, we did it like a socially distanced, me on one side of the glass and him on the other uh, mm. record. Uh, Gavin Lurson mixed it. I mean, uh, mastered it. And uh, Matthew Bitone did some artwork. He's done most of my albums. And we're going to Oh my God, that. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've, we're, he's an old, old friend of 25 years. and uh, That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's going to be released probably late winter. Um, okay. And we're still figuring out a date. We've got a couple couple people checking it out and that kind of thing. You know how that goes. So cool. Yeah, I do. Uh, That's great. Yeah. And then I'm also working on some, some writing as well. But really, you know, I, 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 some teaching. Um, I've been doing some teaching, college kind of teaching and uh, oh, music great. stuff, kind of guest artists uh, at different universities, online courses. So. Uh, I think that's something I'll probably be doing a little more of uh, in, the, in the coming up. Um, nice. And uh, I'm st- I believe I'm still scheduled to play at Bottle Rock. Uh, hopefully that happens. Ah, that's great. Yeah, I think I think they just moved it to September. Uh, so yeah, I saw that. Yeah, September. yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. You did the right thing. I love Tom yeah. Hoppe. Oh, I love him oh, so much. He's oh, such man. a great person. Powerful there are some gems hard. in this industry. 
yeah. really beautiful heart. Yeah. yeah. I know he loves you. Mm. That's fun. That's a fun one. Good for yeah. you. That'll be really great. Good for you. I, um, I have, we always like to ask, you know, some, I, we're towards the end, obviously, of our time together. So yeah. thank you for spending the night with us, um, with me. I have multiple personalities, apparently. I keep saying us. <laughs> There's people behind the scenes, Johannes and Jess. Thanks to everybody helping There's us. Here. Back here. They all yeah. Have yeah. <laughs> and your friend, yeah, our yeah. friends. I got sparkles here somewhere. Um, but I wanted to ask if you wouldn't mind uh, two questions. One is, obviously, you have an incredibly extensive catalog. And I know this yeah. is going to be a hard one for you to answer. But do you think, is there like one, if somebody was just like coming in fresh and brand new, what's like one song or is there like a lyric of a song that you're particularly like proud of that you're like, I, I know they're all your children, but like, mm-hmm. you're like, please start here. And this might be a good place for you to start as opposed oh, to favorite. Boy, I'd probably say uh, Static Trampoline. Um, <laughs> that first one. Yeah, yeah. That that's well, that's uh, right. well, that was the name of the first album, but but the song yeah. itself, uh, mm-hmm. I wrote it. It'll be twenty years. It, this this wow. um, it'll be twenty years in a few days that my my father passed away, um, and wow. uh, I wrote it the day he passed. And that song, it just every time I get to play it, it, it just brings out so much emotion mm. and spirit, and it's so much of. He and I, my dad and myself and my mother and every experience I had with him is in that song. And mm. every time I get to play it, it, it just wild, miraculous things happen. And, and it just creates this energy. And um, and I just think it really just captures uh, who I am and what I do uh, in, in one song. And it's it's uh, it's a song that I, I, you know, I've gotten letters about from all over the world, you know, when you played that song, you know, and and so I'm the most proud of those songs that, that actually reach the heart. Um, and that's, that's one of my, that's great. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. So static, that trampoline, that's, uh, it's going to be hard to beat that answer in the future with other people. So thanks Mm -hmm. for being so honest and candid. Did you actually, did you write that as a result of your father's passing or did you write it on the same day? Kind of the timeline was, uh, and again, it's been 20 years, so it's a little, um, Mm. he went into a coma and he was in there for 21 days. And I was actually, uh, it kind of got to the point where the, the people at the hospital, I'm the only child, you know, so I was there every day. And they said, you know, take a break, go get back to your regular life for a while, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And he's, he was, you know, less than an hour away. And so I went, uh, I had a rehearsal that day, actually, with uh, some folks I mentioned earlier. And um, we were rehearsing for a show I was supposed to play that night at the Martini Lounge. Do you remember that? On, on, I do. Yeah, on Melrose. Oh my God, Melrose. Uh, yeah, this was this was the year two thousand. The year two thousand. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and so so I went to this rehearsal, and I was rehearsal was just about to end, and I got the call, and uh, that he had passed, and or no, I got the call that he was. He was he was gonna be passing soon, and so mm. I got in my truck and uh, and I start driving out there, uh, and I remember being perplexed uh, after the experience, thinking I can't play a show tonight. There's no way I'll fall apart, and and and, and then I'd say no, but that this is what music is here for, mm. uh, and and I remember. 
thinking to myself, you know, what would he want me to do? He'd want me to play the show. And so I did. But before I played the show, I worked on on writing this song. And and it, it was it was it was a place of refuge for me. It was a safe place. It was a place that I could just, you know, work it out. It was in this song. Uh, and, and that's what I did the rest of the afternoon and then went to the Martini Lounge and I don't even yeah. re- hardly remember that night. It was so emotional. I think we played. I think they'd let us play because uh, I think they they knew what had happened. And the club mm. owners just I think they let me play for like over three hours. Um, oh, and it, it wow. just it seemed like 15 minutes to me. It, just, yeah. it was all just so surreal. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of how this song was born. Yeah. Man, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. That's a beautiful story. It's amazing to think like, you know, I'm sure you're, you're probably right. He probably would have really wanted you to do this, you know, yeah, yeah, for they sure. don't want you to struggle and suffer yeah. <laughs> three hours. It's the best, uh, uh, therapy session too. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, every time I get to play is yeah. therapy. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, gr- that's a good one. Do you, um, would you be open to one last question? Yeah. Do you mind before we yeah. get you out of here? One of the things that we'd like to, we'd love to get in your head and see, you know, not to say that, um, well, it is what it is. It's a question. So mm. if over the years, have you had like a moment where you heard something um, and you were like, I wish I had written that song? Like, a, like I, that's the, the most amazing thing. Like, I like genuinely feel like that could have been my song. Well, let me let me ask the question with a question. So do you mean having heard it as and just hearing it for the first time and and thinking I wish I would have written that song or do you, or do you mean looking back at like a catalog of things and thinking oh man that I wish I would have written that song. Um, I think that you, you, you yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a clever way of nuancing it. I would say, you know, um I'm just buying like time I, here while I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I always think like so when I um I mean, I interviewed like, you know, a producer and he was, he was, he brought up like Irving Berlin's White Christmas, you know, cause in his mind, he was like, that's, you know, that's like one of the top grossing songs of all time. Mm, (laughs) So he's like, as a producer, that's a song I wish I had written. You know, I was thinking more from an aesthetic, Mm. like if, you know, you heard a song and you're like, that really is, I wish I had just, I wish I'd written it. It's so something I would have written or even Mm. like, I admire it so much. So it really could be open to either one. I, I really, you know, I, I remember, uh, and I had a bunch of Otis Redding records, and then I, I somebody gave me a record, uh, and I want to say it was probably 15 years ago, and it had That's How Strong My Love Is on it. Um, oh, and I gotta write that down. I had never heard the Stones version um, or anything like that. So it was like hearing that song for the first time. Uh, and you know the the lyrics alone. I, I I thought, man, that if I was if I were the sun way up there, I'd go with love everywhere. You know, if I were the moon and the ocean. I mean, it was so poetic and beautiful, and just uh, explained a, eternal love uh, in such a, a soulful way. And I remember thinking, I got to learn that. If I was the sun way up there. I go and love most everywhere, and I just learned. I learned it, and I played it in like every show. Um, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and I remember thinking, uh, you know, I wish I had Steve. That's Proper great. That's that great. Song. Yeah, Steve yeah. Proper. 
I, I think so. Or maybe it was, uh, I, actually, I'm getting that wrong. No, Steve Cropper wrote, uh, Don't Fight It. Oh, man, it's Roosevelt. His name was Roosevelt. Roosevelt Jameson, I think is his name. Uh, no. if, if, yeah, I think I'm going to look it up real quick but while we're thinking about it. Yeah, we'll look it up. We'll, right. we'll, yeah, so. Who wrote uh, that? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, oh. So that's funny because I, I, um, I, I was, I thought for sure you were going to say it. Roosevelt Jameson. I got it right. Oh, you were right. Yeah, you got it yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I right, had no doubt. Right, I had yeah. no doubt. That's a good one. That is a really good choice. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, I think what's cool about some of these songs is, um, like that song in particular is extremely accessible. I feel like the lyrics, you know, they, it's not fancy. It's very simple. It's very poetic, like you said, but it's also really like just simple, you know, and because of that, it can last. Those types of songs can last the test of time, you know, just in this. Yes, that's right. That's right. Accessibility. That's great. Good choice. Mm. Right. Well, you know, Chris, I got to tell you, it's been such an honor sitting with you. I, I remember the very vividly the first time I walked into that place in on La Brea and saw you mm. singing in around somewhere, room like family yeah. voice. Yeah. yeah, room five. Yeah, oh, and I just yeah. thought this guy is like I that voice is mm, it's just so great to be able to sit with you. And thank you for spending time with me. I know there's a lot going on in the world, so I'm. I'm super grateful and Kristen, it's lovely. Uh, it's such a pleasure. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for, for uh, having an outlet to share what I'm up to. And, and thank you for doing, mm-hmm. taking your time to do that. And, and yeah. I see all the incredible work you're doing with so many beautiful, soulful, amazing artists. And uh, I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of yours as well. So please know that. And, I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure there's plenty more stuff for us to be talking about and working on. Every single yeah. one of my artists loves you. Every single, I mean, like every Jessica, Ruby, Hamish, obviously. It's just great. So great to have you. Uh, thank you for all of everything you do and the inspiration you provide. So it's it's lovely. Thanks. And please tell Tara we said hi, too, because your wife is amazing. I will. I will. <laughs> thank you. I'll, I'll tell her. Yes, she is amazing. Every, every day yeah. I, I just pinch myself. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah, yeah. I know. One day I'm going to have you on just to tell us uh, stories from your touring because I bet that's like probably some crazy stuff too. I'd love. <laughs> we'll do a special on cuts with you on the tour. You should do a series of coffee table book on tour stories. I, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, there's some. I've heard. Some, I've seen some funny ones and heard some great ones. So yeah, that's a good idea. Well, yeah. anyway, thanks so much for joining us, and we're going to let Hamish play us. I don't know if you know, but we had him do that theme song for us. So oh, I love it. I love it. But thank you so much. And everything you guys will see you all next week on Uncut Jewels with Elizabeth Moen. And thank you so much for joining us. Please, please, please take a moment and listen to Chris Pierce, listen to Warren Pierce, listen to Reverend Talltree. Please show respect and love for all of our friends and our artists as well. But we, you know, we really appreciate it. And I I forgot to mention before, um, we did release two singles last week. Sorry, I got so excited. Um, We have today from CJ Ray that came out, and we've got Jessica's new version of Walk With Me. So please take a moment and listen to those two. So thanks again, Chris. Thanks to all of you for watching and we'll see you next week. Stay safe and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> thought about that too. Mm. This week is crazy. <laughs> see ya. Thank you for listening to Uncut Jewels. If you like what you heard, smash that like button and subscribe for more episodes and tell a friend. We firmly believe the world works better that way. This podcast wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for the help of the Uncut Jewels team. Johanna Schock, 
Jana Fisher, Coco Hong, Sarah Reynolds, Jess Kane, and Viviana Mendoza. Guys, we did this. The Uncut Jewels theme song that you're listening to right now was created by our very own guitar hero, Hamish Anderson. And we appreciate everyone who's helped bring us from where we were to where we're going. To paraphrase David Bowie, we promise it won't be boring. 